you missed on Weekend Mornings with Jason Dacey. It's Money FM 89.3 here with Jason Desmond on Weekend Mornings. And of course, Mr. Neil Humphreys is in the house. He's, of course, the award-winning author and the new paper columnist. Right now, though, we got to talk World Cup. We have. Everybody's talking about it. And everyone's talking about, <gasps> Germany didn't make it through. I can't stop laughing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, look, I mean, as an Englishman, yes, it's quite funny. Yeah. I mean, there's been so many stories, penalty failures, early exits. England have had no success against Germany. We are in, we're through the looking glass, people. Right. This is Alice in Wonderland stuff. Yeah. To be in a World Cup where England are still there yeah. and Germany isn't is just beyond Lewis Carroll. I mean, right. it's fantasy land. Yeah. So that's extraordinary in itself. But, I mean, I saw the game, the South Korea game. It was... It was like a dream. You know, you yeah. have a dream sequence, yeah, like yeah. you're floating underwater. Yeah. And I was writing about that game. So even at Neil Neil, they were, yeah, they were out, weren't they? Even if it was Neil Neil. No, they no, couldn't draw. They that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's right. So I was writing it, saying, oh, this is a terrible performance, need much improvement in the, in the knockout stages. Yeah. You know, and you have to do this thing, give you a journalistic tip, you know, you have to do what they call top and tailing, which means you write the bulk of the story, yeah. and then depending on any luck, you do the top of it and the bottom right, of okay, it, right? Right, okay, cool, so you have different endings and so, stuff, Exactly, yeah. so I had the bulk of it, because you don't have time to write the whole thing, and then South Korea scored! <laughs> I'm like, what? Yeah. That's me typing. So, frantic <laughs> typing, you know, and then... When the second goal went in, which was the most surreal thing I've ever seen, yeah. you know, Neuer thinking he's Lionel Messi, yeah, the German yeah. goalkeeper. Yeah. You what know. was he thinking? I mean, I know they're chasing the game, but he was almost up in their box, yeah. you know, chasing it, the goalkeeper. Long ball over the top and almost in slow motion, yeah. you know, Sun Hong Ming just rolls the ball into the net. And even I cheered. I mean, it's a wonderful moment for yeah, South Korea, right? Exactly. The minnows, they were going home. It's one of those stories, it's a bit like Panama, that even though they lost, they kind of won. Yeah. You know, they went home. They scored the, one goal. They went home, they come, They went back with a bit of Asian pride. They'll never forget that. Yeah. You know, they beat the world champions. Well, they walked away with 8 million US dollars as well. Just, Is that right? Well, yeah, that helps. That's how much, right? That's almost as much as we're getting paid this morning. <laughs> exactly, exactly. sure. Yes, yes. (laughs) So the Germany thing. Look, Jürgen Love is a nice guy when he's not scratching himself and touching parts of his anatomy. Smelling smelling his hands. Smelling his armpits. I I must tell you, I I had my own Jürgen Love, and I'll be very diplomatic. When I was first in Singapore, I was 20. I just thought of this. I was 22 years old. I was teaching. And I, shall we say, had a habit. I'm an Angmore living in the tropics. The humidity is high. Certain areas <laughs> oh, no. itch. That's oh, all I'm saying. No. I'm not going to get graphic early oh, in the morning. No. But certain areas itch. The same areas that seem to bother Yogi Love. And I stopped it because I, I was doing it subconsciously. Because one time I was teaching secondary boys, I had an itch. And I scratched it. And I heard a Singaporean student say, He's doing it again. <laughs> so it wasn't just that he was doing it. Yeah. It was he was doing it again. I'm like, how often do I do this? Yeah. Never, never yeah. did it again after Preceding that. Preceding that is that, yeah. I know. It Singapore way ever. I'm more sure. Doing it again. He's doing it again. Um, so, yeah, I had a Yogi Love moment. But that aside, that's when he's not scratching his private parts, Yogi Love did not change the squad. It was so interesting to me that everyone talks about the German depth. Yeah that they won the Confederations Cup yep. with their B team, and yep. they did. But he didn't hardly play any of them, yeah. with the exception of Kimmich and Hector a little bit. I mean, Draxler's not a kid anymore. He stuck with the same tried and tested 11. Mesut Ozil, 
He could be in a horror movie. Yeah. He's such a ghost. Yeah, he just yeah. vanishes. He's a Pontianak. Yeah, he just disappears. What, what's the point of Ozil being in a team? What's the point of yeah. Ozil? I mean, right, in general, right? He just, he just signed a new contract with Arsenal. I think he's about some insane amount of money, £300,000 a week or yeah. some grotesque sum. And I, I don't know what Arsenal are thinking. I don't know what Germany are thinking. What was interesting to me is that Germany ended up becoming a bit like England in the mid-2000s where their celebrity power oh, right, seemed okay. to take charge, yeah. where David Beckham could not be dropped, no yeah. matter how injured or terrible he was. Yeah. Wayne, Wayne Rooney could not be dropped. By the way, he's at DC United, by the way. Okay, he is. Anyway, moving yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mesut Ozil seemed to be he couldn't be dropped. They, they dropped him for the one game, and they won. Yeah. They dropped Kadira for that game, yeah. and they won, and they brought them both back. Yeah. And they were even worse yeah. against South Korea. So, Jürgen Löw... Germans do not take kindly to defeat. It's not in the national psyche. Yeah. So, did you see the fans lining up just to like give them cry? Oh man, yeah, crying. I was at I was at Euro 2016 and I was at Brazil 2014 as well. And I remember being at the World Cup, and it was about just after the knockout stages. So Germany had already gone through; they'd already right. qualified. Yeah, and. I've never seen a press conference like it. It was like a public execution. All these Germans, this is not good enough. This yeah. is not good enough. And I said to the German guy afterwards, you won. England would give anything to yeah. be in this position. This is not how we think. Yeah. We think victory or nothing. You know, Not only do they expect to win, they expect to win well. They expect to win every tournament they go in. I mean, look, they made something like eight semi-finals in the last consecutive tournaments if yeah. you include the Euros I think yeah. it was 7 or 8 it was some extraordinary figure 7 or 8 fig, uh, knockout uh, uh, semi-finals in a row so winning is a way of life for Germany yeah. they expect that it's not even I mean knockout stages please that's yeah. a given so there was complacency he didn't rotate the squad it looked old it looked slow Funny, isn't it? Yeah, they deserve to lose. They actually oh, absolutely. Did. They acknowledged it. Even yeah. Tony Cruz said it. You know, they were lucky to win. Was it Sweden uh, when they won in the ninety fifth uh, minute? Yeah, exactly. The, uh, the, the Tony Cruz. Tony Cruz. Uh, you know, they, they, yeah. they passed it across and it bent it into the top corner. Yeah. that was the ninety fifth minute. Yeah. So they were lucky to even get to the point where yeah. it was in their own hands. Yeah. Um, I mean, you always get one. Yeah. It's either Spain. Spain, of course, went out in 2014 as defending champions. Yes. You always get one big side, one big upset. Every tournament is always one. I just never expected it to be Germany. Germany. Right, yeah. yeah. I never tipped them to win it. But it's been I, weird, though. I mean, we lost Italy. They didn't even qualify for the finals. Mm. Uh, the Dutch didn't even make no. it. So now, uh, so many big teams, though. But if you actually look at the knockout stages right now, yeah. like Germany, of course, it's a big one. Tonight, we're going to see France play Argentina. But the one that everyone's talking about is uh, if England actually. Won, they'd be playing Japan, you know. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, get your head out of the clouds, yeah. England. What are you talking about? You haven't won a knockout stages game for 12 years. Yeah. You are not Germany, Brazil, Argentina. Get a grip, get some perspective, please. Yeah, you're crazy. Oh, and they're all sitting there with their calculators, these IT geeks, you know. Yeah. They're suddenly, oh, if we do this, if we lose one nil, then we can. You've got to win every game you play. You cannot think like that. You do not have the luxury yeah. of the depth of squad that other nations have. Yeah. You are you have a half decent, and it is only half decent, yeah. first eleven. Mostly kids. Yeah. You know, Deli Ali. These players are young. They're not actually young, about 75 years old. Yeah. You know, you don't have that. And it was proven. With the Belgium game, they yeah. played their reserves. They were awful. They, they looked like it was like a Division One uh, team. And right? don't forget, you know, you say, "Ah, oh, Belgium only won one nil," but yeah. they made nine changes. Yeah, so yeah. 
if you compare second best 11s, then of course Belgium's was better than England. I thought personally it was a mistake. I've spoke to a number of ex-footballers about this and they'll tell you the old cliche because it's true. Momentum is everything, yeah. man. If you're in the camp and you're winning, you're buzzing, you know, you want to keep taking it forward. So this Belgium thing, yes, I understand. Nobody wants an injury. They'll yeah. say he can't win. If Harry yeah. Kane got injured and then they face Colombia or they face Japan and yeah. they lose. So I do get that. Yeah. But eight changes and, JD, of those eight changes, mm. in fact, no, go further, ten all 10 of the outfield players yeah. in that game, yeah. only three play regularly in the EPL. Yeah, yeah. I, so you're I talking about, that, yeah. about English Premier League bench warmers. Yeah. Huge gamble. Got to come off now, Gareth. Otherwise, you're in a lot of trouble. But the thing is, though, would it have, like, now everyone says, oh, but now they've got a clear path to the final. <laughs> they don't <laughs> oh, have yeah, any big yeah. teams, right? But the thing is, if England had won and then they're, uh, they're playing against Japan, they potentially could play Brazil. Yeah, of you know, course. You know, and and then definitely you're gonna you're gonna go. But in this case, if they beat Colombia, it's either Switzerland or Sweden. But you see, true, it's right. True contenders do not think this way. Yeah. Because you have to beat everybody. If yeah. you're gonna win the, the cup, you've got to beat everybody. Yeah. But England's thinking, if we beat so and so, Colombia, then we've got either Sweden or Switzerland, yeah. and then we're in the semi final and we've won. Yeah. This that's idea it. being yeah. the semi final is achievement. Yeah. We're the good German, enough yeah. for semi finals. So they're just thinking, get to the semi finals, we'll be national heroes. <laughs> Only England thinks like this: be a national hero by coming potentially third or fourth. <laughs> you know, not even second. I know. It's like <laughs> semi finals, we've won already. Yeah. And, and the thing is, JD, it's true. If they went to the semi final even if they got beat 5-0 it'll be like Beatlemania at the yeah, airport yeah. it would be like Gaza 1990 all over again yeah. they'll be there cheering nobody celebrates failure yeah. better than the English I'm telling you and you look at Germany I mean look at Brazil they got hammered in the semi-final four years ago yeah, yeah. 7-1 oh man yeah it was a national disgrace yeah I can imagine England getting a ticker tape parade if they come back in the semi-final <laughs> yeah. defeated. It's like the whole British thing. I remember when uh, when Andy Murray won Wimbledon. It was like, wow, what's the biggest thing ever, We've right? actually won something. I know, right? <laughs> it never happens. But you know what? We need to talk about the knockout stages. Tonight's a big match, and it's gonna, it's kind of going to shape the whole quarterfinals, mm. I suppose, man. So that's coming up. So don't go anywhere. Only on Money FM 89.3. We will be checking in with Jason Daisy slightly later on. But Neil Humphreys is in the studio with us. And we're going to try to dissect the knockout stages, at least the, the last 16, mm. before it actually gets really, really serious. But we will also be getting to your heroes and villains. Okay, you good. You do heroes and villains now? First, do Completely up to you, my friend. Right, you are the do, boss. Let's do the last 16 uh, sure. one first. The big one that everyone's talking about, and of course, it's going to kind of shape, how, uh, shape up how the knockout stage is going to be. France versus Argentina. Yep. It's a big one. Lionel Messi needs to step up or go home. Yep. France, what do you think the chances are of progressing? If France do not beat Argentina, it's a massive upset. I mean, I'm using the analogy twice now, but Didier Deschamps, he might as well shave his head. He couldn't be Sven Joran Eriksson yeah. anymore if he tried and slept with the secretary in the Football <laughs> Association because he has the golden generation. There yeah. hasn't been a generation of footballers like this in France since they won the World Cup. Yeah, but and no, you could, Zidane and everyone. Correct, right. Zidane, Deschamps himself yeah, was the yeah, captain yeah. and Petit and so on. But you could make a serious case to say... In fact, even the likes of Thierry Henry has said this, that this current squad, the depth alone, the yeah. players are left behind. Yeah. Players like Blasey Matuidi on the bench, you know, it's arguably a better squad than the squad that won the World Cup in 98. Right. They haven't got Zidane, yeah. but they've got Pogba, Matuidi, you know, great mid- and Golo Kante, yeah. arguably the best uh, defensive midfielder in the world. 
Um, up front, yes, they're still relying on the old man, Olivier Giroud. Yeah. But the defence is fantastic with uh, marshalled by Raphael Varane at centre-back. It's a side with no discernible weaknesses. And you've got the talisman up front, uh, Antoine Griezmann. Yeah. He can't get them together. I mean, it's like Hugh Hefner having 11 Playgirl bunnies and he can't make the most of them at the Playboy Mansion. Yeah. I don't know where they come from. What do I do with yes. this, right? Yeah. You've got so much talent. Make the most of it. He keeps changing the formation. When I was at the Euros, it was 4-3-3 and he still failed to beat Portugal in the final. I was surprised, actually, he kept his job after that. Yeah. But here we are, three games in, they still haven't played well, yeah. France. They really haven't. Yeah. And in fact... Unlike Argentina, who did come good in the last game, mm. and Messi came good, the team played well, France still haven't hit that peak yet. So this idea that France are going to walk all over Argentina, I think is a bit of a myth. Argentina are an old, aging side. But one thing their mad tattooed coach has done is he stopped playing that silly counter-pressing game. Like he thinks he's Jurgen Klopp yep. and he's got a load of teenagers. He's got old men. They're yeah. like pulling caravans, yeah. you know. And he's trying to make them play this surging, fast, counter-pressing game. Works with Pep Guardiola at City. Works with Klopp at Liverpool. Doesn't work with old men at Argentina. Yeah. So he stopped that in the third game. And it was more resolute, more traditional. Four at the back, five really. Um, and then just release the ball to Messi as and when you can. Yeah. That's the only way they can play against France. If they try that counter-pressing game, yeah. they'll just get picked off in the spaces behind them. But it's going to be a lot closer than you think. I mean, Mascarano, he's still leading that Argentina side. He's too old. Yeah. Me and you could probably outrun him <laughs> in a race down Braddle. But, but he's got this drive, this real, this real hunger that you yeah. don't see so much in the French players. Um, I mean, you saw him in the other game. He had a bloody head. He had, he had cuts running yeah, down yeah, his I know, face. Yeah, yeah. It's like a horror movie. But that's he went the way over, yeah. He inspires them. You saw in the tunnel, Messi gave a team talk. Yeah. And I thought that was quite funny. You could almost see the coach coming over. Uh, could I have a word, please, yeah. Messi? Just sit in the corner. I know, right? we'll, we'll call you when we're ready, yeah. coach. Go over yeah. there. No, oh, I'm the boss yeah, here. Right? Oh, oh, sorry, Messi. Just let me know. I'll go, I'll go get some water for everybody. <laughs> so he's the glorified water boy yeah. now, Sampaoli, right? Yeah. It looks like Messi and Mascarano are coaching that side at the moment. And that's probably for the best because Sampioli is out of his depth. Yeah. He's probably going to get, probably, he will get fired after the tournament anyway. Yeah. They've had three coaches in a year. There is no, or there wasn't any discernible pattern, coordination, cohesion mm. in the squad. But they found it a bit, a smidgen of organisation in that third game. But look, if the Champs France cannot beat old men of cocoon yeah. of Argentina <laughs> if they cannot beat dad's army from yeah. South America then frankly Deschamps doesn't deserve the job yeah. if you can't win with Pogba Matuidi Griezmann uh, you know go right down the list Varane uh, Hugo Lloris there is no real weaknesses in yeah. the French team you can pick off a half a dozen weaknesses in the Argentina side yeah. it will be a huge upset if the big France lose the big question is after that it could be let's just say they squeeze right through because there's going to be extra time, there's going to be penalties mm. and whatnot. Let's just say they do squeeze through. Who, France? France. Or? Let's yeah. just say France yeah. squeezes through. Yeah. They're going to play either Uruguay or Portugal. Yeah. You know, and there's no, both these teams have been scoring. They've they've been a tight unit. But between Uruguay and Portugal, who, who do you Uruguay. think? I think it, it'll be, again, it'll be a massive upset if Portugal win. Uruguay are exactly where they want to be. They yep. have slipped beneath the radar. Uh, no one's talked about Uruguay at yeah. all. 
But then you look at it and you think, that I think they've scored five goals. They haven't conceded a goal. They have not conceded a single goal yeah. yet in their three group games. Yeah. One of the only teams. And Suarez is like, oh, man. And Suarez and Edinson Cavani yeah. have hit form at the right time. Do you know, it's extraordinary, that in the previous game, uh, where they really hit their stride, I thought, it's the first time Cavani and uh, Suarez have scored in a World Cup match together. Right, okay. Because yeah. Cavani's always been injured. Yeah. Suarez is always biting people, <laughs> you know, <so laughs> always handballing. Yeah. You know. I'm still waiting for something to happen from well, him. Well, I wrote a piece, it's in the new paper uh, at the moment, you can read it online, that Suarez is the reverse of that famous quote in The Dark Knight. You know, in The Dark Knight, they say, uh, you're the hero or you live, lo- you live long enough to become the, the villain. The villain yeah. He's the villain who's lived long enough to become <laughs> the hero, <laughs> right? 2010, he gets sent off for the most scandalous Endless handball you've ever seen yeah, yeah. against Ghana in the yeah. quarterfinals. I remember it. It wasn't just a handball. He dives. He, yeah, and, and, and he hit it right out. Of, yeah. The man get, He's got nine lives. The man gets sent off. He's standing on the touchline. Ghana takes the penalty. They miss. He runs up and down cheering like he's won the World Cup. And he's a national hero, yeah. right? Cut to four years later. He <laughs> takes a lump out of Cellini's shoulder, right? I mean, he's like Dracula. Yeah. He's got this thing for the flesh. Third time he's done it, right? Yeah. Third time. He gets banned by Uruguay. He gets banned internationally. Next day, I'm in Copacabana, right? I'm there. The next day after the game, I'm in Brazil. Go to Cabana. <laughs> this is so true. I went to Copacabana Beach. There's this huge banner poster of him on the sidewalk, right? Because of, uh, you know, he's advertising uh, okay. a, a sports brand. Right, right. And, uh, and he's got a... <laughs> He's got the teeth. The he's got the big jaws because right, he's, yeah. he's like roaring in the picture. Right. There are Uruguayans queuing up, taking selfies, pretending to be bitten. <laughs> There's like women pulling their sleeve off their shoulder, pretending only, they're bitten. Only for Suarez. Only Suarez, only Uruguay. And you look at it from the outside, you think, can you imagine, just for a second, if four years ago, Wayne Rooney took a lump out of an Italian defender? I know, right, yeah. He would be a pariah. He wouldn't be allowed done. back into the England. Yeah, I know. Uruguay is a national hero. The, the president of Uruguay called all the FIFA suits sons of something, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, because you've got to understand that Suarez was dirt poor growing up. I mean, yeah. he grew up in poverty, real yeah. abject poverty. Yeah. He was sweeping the streets when he was like seven, eight years old to yeah. make money for the family whilst honing his football skills. When they see Suarez, the Uruguayans see themselves. Yeah. It's like looking in a mirror. They adore that man. And you just have to take the rough with the smooth with Suarez. He's got that street fighting tenacity. He's yeah. never lost it. Yeah. That's what makes him what he is. And I think he's now, a brawler. He's a brawler. Yeah. Now he's thirty-one years old. There's a little bit of maturity, not much, but right, a little yeah. bit. So we've kind of come round to the fact that the villains become the hero. Yeah. We've all got, oh, bless him, the, the, the pantomime bogeyman. <laughs> he, he might not, but he'll just nibble. Yeah, just a little <laughs> little peck on the neck, you know. So we love Suarez. He's playing well. Cavani's playing well. They've got Diego Goldan at centre-back, who, again, about 47 years old, been around forever, but very resolute, almost Italian in the way he defends. They've got this great back four, solid as a rock, with I think his name is Tierra. I may mispronounce that, but he just shields the back four. Very solid back five. Up front, Cavani, as I mentioned, and the biting Suarez. Really, Uruguay... They should win this because Portugal, it's still all about Ronaldo. Can you, it's still all about Ronaldo. You think Uruguay can go all the way there? Let's just no, say, let's, no, let's not say winning it all the way to the finals. I though. think they can go further than people expect. Let's put it that way. But they are old. Right. It's, a, it's an old side. I mean, Goldan is about, he's certainly in his early, mid-30s. Suarez is 31. Uh, Cavani must be 31, 32. So there's a few players in their squad who are in their 30s. They're slightly overachieving, but... 
they remind me a little bit of Portugal in Euro 2016. Older side, very experienced, obdurate, resilient side, very, very hard to beat. I mean, look, to get to knockout stages without conceding a goal yeah. wasn't an easy group. Pretty impressive, right? You know, and then you look at Portugal, we know how they're going to play. It's going to be 4 4 2, easy as that. Ronaldo up front, Andre Silva doing all the... Literally, Andre Silva is Adam Sandler in The Water Boy. Yeah. He just runs... I, I, I got the water for you, Mr. Ronaldo. That's all he's going to do. And then Ronaldo, they're just going to hope one shot, one goal. Yeah, just pass it to Ronaldo. Just pass it to that's him, right? That's it. All right, so we've done France, Argentina, Uruguay, Portugal. There's, so, there's a lot more teams to mm. go. We're going to get to that. We're also going to get to Neil's heroes and villains. Yep. All right, all that's happening right here on Weekend Mornings on Money FM 89.3.